2: Hey,
3: this is Annie, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. It's the season of ghosts, witches, and costumes, a.k.a. Halloween, a.k.a. My personal favorite holiday. So we have some classics on ghosts and witches and costumes coming up for you. This first one has quite the intriguing title, Can You Have Sex with a Ghost? And no, it's not just analysis of that scene from Ghost with Patrick Sasey and Demi Moore, which is a movie I've never watched, but I know all about that scene. No, it's about Succubi, Incubi, and Ghosts. I got to play a Succubus once in a 48-hour film festival, short film, and it was the best. It was so fun. This episode also looks at sleep paralysis and how that might play into all of this. As someone who has experienced sleep paralysis before, it is terrifying. In fact, the first time I experienced sleep paralysis, I thought Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre was above my bed, chainsaw overhead. And the second time, it was the woman, how I pictured the witch from the Blair Witch Project, you never seen it in the movie, but how I pictured her hovering over my bed and feeling this overwhelming terrifying sensation that she wanted to eat my heart. Perhaps I watched too many horror movies. If after you listen to this episode, you're looking for a creepy documentary on sleep paralysis, speaking of scary movies, there's one on Netflix that regularly comes up if you type in scariest movies on Netflix, which I do at least once a month. Anyway, in the spirit of the season, we present to you this classic episode, Can You Have Sex with a Ghost? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
4: Hello and welcome to the podcast and happy Halloween. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. So it's ghost day. It is. Um, And so we decided we would talk about ghosts. Uh, we tweeted a few weeks ago that we needed to come up with a Halloween topic. And I forget the the verbatim tweet response, but it was something along the lines of gender differences with ghosts. So I started looking some stuff up and quickly came across a, a, a pop music story that probably a lot of folks will have heard about. And it's about a certain, certain lady named Kesha. You mean K, dollar
1: sign, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> yeah, she, uh,
1: she, in an interview, well, she called into Ryan Seacrest's show, which is um, very credible. And she said that uh, she'd had sex with a ghost, and that experience inspired her song, Supernatural.
4: Yeah, and she explained it to Ryan Seacrest thusly. It's about experiences with the supernatural, but in a sexy way. I had a couple of experiences with a supernatural. I don't know his name. He was a ghost. I'm very open to it. <laughs> That's a direct quote. I hope she said it like that. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, you got to give it to Kesha, a.k.a. Ke, dollar side, ha, huh, for coming out and, and saying, hey, guess what? I wrote a song. It's about the time I had sex with a ghost.
1: Yeah, because that obviously happened because well, it, it obviously happened because it happened to Anna Nicole Smith, too, who was another very credible source back in the day. She she claimed that a ghost climbed up her leg and had sex with her. And she was like, oh, my God, it was so scary. And then I was like, well, you're not hurting me. And it's kind of nice. So let's just keep doing
2: this.
4: So, uh, you know, it, it seems kind of laughable. Oh, Kesha had sex with a ghost. ha. ha. But one of the first um, search results I found was from our uh, company affiliates over at Discovery News that did a little bit of digging into ghost sex. And you know what? Ghost sex? This is not just something that, that you know, pop pop stars claim here and there. This Ghost sex has been going on for quite a while, so we decided that since it's Halloween, and what better topic could there be for stuff Mom never told you to talk about then? Well, can you have sex with a ghost? Should you use ghost <laughs> condoms? <clears throat> uh, you, you
1: probably shouldn't have sex with a ghost if you can help it, but the thing is, you can't help it. Nope. These spirits will have their way with you. Yeah,
4: a lot of times, like the the, the ghost sex is not consensual. Uh, but I don't want to get I don't want to get uh, ahead of myself. Because then on the other on the other side of it, you have people who are into ghost sex, like I would say Kesha would fall into this category because she said that she she was really enjoying her ghost sex and even wrote a song about it. Um, and this is referred to as spectrophilia. Yeah, well,
1: basically, yeah, it's it's across cultures, the idea of this ghost that can come attack you in the night sexually. Um, there are Arabian jinns, the Greeks had the satyrs, Hindu boots, and Celtic... I hope it, I pronounce it right. Ducey.
4: And then this was my this is my favorite form of these uh, spirits, these sexy spirits that uh, that we found. Medieval Chinese and Japanese female spirits would take the form of foxes, and they were thought to visit, seduce, and later kill lonely bachelors, particularly scholars. So beware the the fox in the night, I suppose. As you're writing with your quill pen, <laughs> um, but there. Okay, so so they, we we have all these different forms of them, and uh, very quickly this becomes a major concern for the church, the capital C church, the
2: Christian church.
1: Yeah. Well, originally it wasn't such a big deal if you had a nighttime, sexy time dream. Because in the medieval period, a lot of theorists were arguing that nocturnal sexual encounters were just dreams, no big deal. But that all changed in 1486 when the text Malleus Maleficarum a.k.a. The Hammer of Witches, was published.
4: Yeah, we go from saying, like, hey, okay, you have a sex dream. Well, that's fine. It's just, like, a simple indulgence. You can't help it. It just happened. And then this idea uh, of of the ghosts coming back to have sex. It was kind of comforting that even after death, there was a chance to have physical pleasure once again. But then in 1486 all that is thrown out the window. And it's, it's kind of funny because at first, in, in the medieval period, period, the theorists had it right, saying like, oh, these are just dreams. And the church is like, no, no, no. These are legitimate demons and ghosts. And the Malleus Maleficarum has a section that explains that sex with the unknown is inherently evil and a sign that you are fraternizing with Satan. Yeah, and these so
1: these spirits have a name, and you've probably heard them. I've heard them. One is a terrible band, uh, Incubus and Succubus.
4: Yeah, this is a quote from Malleus Malificarum. Here follows the way whereby witches copulate with those devils known as incubi. Yeah,
1: that's a good creepy voice for Halloween. I know.
4: Practicing for <laughs> trick or treaters.
1: But yeah, so the incubus was the male ghost and the succubus was the female ghost, so named because the incubus was on top and the succubus would be underneath.
4: And sometimes the incubus and the succubus would be sort of be the same the same entity, but just going through different phases. For instance, uh, John Klein, who's a clinical psychologist and a professor at Yale, talks about, uh, in certain medieval lore, the incubus would come along, impregnate a woman, uh, in a very Rosemary's Baby-esque kind of way, who would then give birth to a succubus that would then attack a male victim. And once in possession of that male victim's sperm, the succubus would take on a male form, thus becoming an incubus again, and the circle of life you come full (laughs) demonic circle
1: (laughs) yeah full full circle indeed
0: can i rant for a sec please
4: Okay, what's going on? Are we really are we really getting attacked by ghosts at night? Well, yeah, because this is not just something that that stays in medieval times, and it's not just something that that popped up with uh, with Kesha. These nighttime ghostly um, experiences—I'm putting experiences in big giant quotes right now—are still common.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it has a lot to do with what your brain is doing when you're asleep, because have you ever had a sleepy time experience that you feel is just so vivid? You wake up and you're like, oh my god, Brad Pitt and I are getting married, or you, know, you just feel like something's holding you down, or you feel like you're falling, or you're twitching weird. Or you're having sex with a ghost. Or you're having sex with a ghost. Well, this is all sleep paralysis stuff. And I've had sleep paralysis before. I haven't. It's usually um, corresponding with uh, narcolepsy and there's some other stuff going on. I have never had narcolepsy, but I have had sleep paralysis, which is basically you um, are awake more than you should be during REM sleep when your muscles are turned off. So you're kind of conscious, but you cannot move. And so I've gotten this feeling before, like there's someone in the room. And they want me to come do something. and my my brain process is like, Ugh hang on, hang on, I can't get up. And you do start to feel kind of afraid, like, okay, well, someone's in the room and I need to get up and move, but I can't. And so it's this whole idea of of sleep paralysis and hallucinations while you're in that kind of twilight in-between stage that have led to a lot of superstitions and believing in spirits attacking you in your sleep.
4: Yeah, there's a name for this, uh, the old hag syndrome. Uh, This idea that that it's an old hag that comes and sits on your chest, which is why you can't move. And a folklorist, David J. Hufford, did a bunch of research on this. And he he thought when he was uh, doing this research that it would, you know, he would find like a few people. But it ballooned into this giant project because he found that about 15% of people, this is written about in his book, The Terror That Comes in the Night, 15% Fifteen percent of people experience being assaulted in their sleep by an unknown entity at some point in their lives, probably as a result of sleep paralysis.
1: And now, Kristen mentioned the old hag phenomenon. This is not necessarily the same time, uh, the same idea as having sex with with a ghost or some entity in your sleep. The old hag phenomenon, as it's known through North America and England, is more like the feeling that something terrifying is pressing down on you while you're sleeping. So it does kind of tie into the idea of the incubus in that way, because it's supposedly on top of you trying to suffocate you in your sleep.
4: Yeah, and since it is also Halloween, um, I feel like it is necessary to point out, too, that should you be ghost hunting tonight, uh, you should abstain from having sex. Just go to sleep. You might encounter an old hag, okay? But you really, uh, one of the rules, I did not know this before doing this research, but uh, ghost hunters are encouraged to abstain from sex after they go ghost hunting. Because they are at high risk of having their genitals possessed. I'm not making this up. No, I read it too. It uh, exists. (laughs) um, Of having their genitals possessed by the ghosts that they hunt. And this is coming from an article written by Karen Stolznow over at the the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. And um, she goes on to... Quote Mariana Chatelaine Moresby, who's talking about this potential danger associated with ghost hunting, quote, many male ghost hunters are prone to such anal ghost intrusions and possessions. So you you wanna you wanna wait, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah Yeah, don't immediately go infecting your partner with ghost Ickiness.
4: Well, and also speaking of, uh, this is going to be the, the weirdest transition I've probably ever made <laughs> on this podcast, but speaking of anal probes, uh, also from this article, the, the Skeptic's Dictionary, uh, the author Robert Carroll talks about how he thinks that alien abduction, these ideas, that the more modern day ideas that we have of, of alien abductions are modern day versions of ghost sex Because so often the purported victims will claim sexual abuse and anal probing. Interesting. So maybe alien abductions are the 21st century uh, ghost sex. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Intriguing.
1: Um, The Skeptical Inquirer in March 2011 had an article about the spectrophilia of which we speak. And they they made an interesting point. And I think this this ties along with the church's uh, finger wagging of ghost sex. Uh, They write that attributing sexual dreams or sexual thoughts to a supernatural force is a guiltless absolution for those with moral objections. And so maybe back in the day, those priests were having sexy time dreams and were like, oh, uh, uh, I didn't I didn't do anything. It was a demon. Right. But however, if you're a woman back in the day who thinks that you had spirit sex, you might be a witch and you might be burned for it.
4: Now, I should point out to possibly new listeners out there, uh, we are not speaking this as uh, offering this as scientific fact that ghosts come around and have sex with people. There, are, a lot of these articles, even in um, you know on, on skeptic sites, will say, "Hey, you know what? There, there has been." No, there's no proof that anyone has, that, that an incubus or a succubus actually exists. And it is, uh, like we talked about, attributed now to sleep paralysis. Because it turns out that those medieval theorists, if we had just listened <laughs> to the medieval theorists who said... On this one thing. <laughs> yes, on the one thing, that it's all in our brains, making dreams, um, then then that that's all it is. We, we would could have saved ourselves. Um, but then we wouldn't have all of this... this folklore to talk about for Halloween Um, and speaking of Halloween too James McLennan and Emily Edwards uh, published an article in the journal Southern Folklore in 1995 looking at whether or not um, horror movies and instances of ghost sex or assault in Halloween horror movies might influence the number of reports anecdotal reports of ghost sex and they did not find a strong connection between the two
1: yeah i mean there could be some degree of suggestion because people all the world over experience this you know it's not just like a certain group of people feel this intense sensation when they're sleeping but so maybe hearing this folklore
4: you might be like oh
1: Yeah, well maybe maybe something kind of paranormal happened.
4: Right, cuz there was um what was it about sleep paralysis that in Mexico there was one study finding that like 90% of the kids in the you know this population that they had surveyed knew this colloquial term for what we would call old hag syndrome. Yeah. And I think it was something like a dead person holding you down. Yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, so and it's and that's kind of interesting to see like how how it is such a cross cultural um, thing. Well, yeah, when something freaky happens to you and you feel like you're sure of
1: something, like okay, well, I'm sure that was a stronger feeling than I have in my normal dreams. Like mm-hmm. it's not just a normal dream where you're doing whatever you're doing. It's like you you actually are feeling something and maybe hallucinating at the same time because you're in that twilight rim stage where you shouldn't be awake because everything's supposed to be switched off. Maybe you have evidence of arousal and you wake up and you're like, okay, something's been going on when I've been asleep because I really felt something.
4: Yeah, but I mean, if anything, though, we can take comfort on the spookiest of days that it it's just our brain playing tricks on us.
1: I don't know maybe Kesha does
4: have some portal to the afterlife or maybe it's a fox in the night I love that there are foxes attacking well I'm not the attacking part but foxes seeking out uh, scholarly bachelors
1: <laughs> That's, so watch yourself
4: yeah oh man I, I got a soft spot for some folklore gotta love it um, so uh, now do we ask for ghost sex stories yes have you ever had sex with a ghost do you get sleep paralysis yeah, the old hag syndrome. I'm sure there there's got to be people out there who have experienced that feeling of someone um someone sitting on your chest or someone being in the room. I also know people who have who have felt like they have sensed ghosts around. There was oh man, uh, sort of on a on a side note, um, speaking of ghost sex. We hear a lot about ghosts coming to have sex with living humans, but uh, last year, there was, in a small town in Ohio, there was a report of a woman who was upset because she kept seeing two ghosts in her house having sex with each other, Yeah, and a parapsychologist who was interviewed was like, what? We never hear, you know, ghosts never want to have sex with other ghosts. <laughs>
1: yeah that was funny there was a lot a lot written about that in that article just about like well maybe they they knew each other and you know ghosts are just imprints of energy and so maybe something really intense happened on your couch <laughs> a long time ago and so the ghosts have found their way back
4: oh ghosts! you old you old romantics <laughs> romantic or pervy yeah. your choice uh, I don't know about you, Caroline. I'm going to go head out and find as much fun-sized candy as possible to eat. Should be on sale. Yeah, and uh, I'll probably have to take a nap by 3 o'clock. Um, but now, yeah, ghost stories, please send them our
1: way. Yeah, we want to know if you've encountered any ghosts, mm-hmm. whether they're having sex or not. Yeah,
4: at discovery.com for all of your spooky letters.
5: <laughs>
4: So we've got a couple emails here about our episode on femphobia, and this is coming from Katie. My daughter already has some gender issues. At four years old, I have a little girl who likes plenty of quote-unquote boy things, like catching snakes and bugs, digging in the dirt, and climbing trees, but she also likes plenty of quote-unquote girl things, like playing dress-up and playing with baby dolls. My approach has always been to just let her be herself and not talk to her too much about boy slash girl stuff. I have vowed also to never call her a tomboy because I think that is a limiting label. I agree. She right now is in a total pink obsession that was largely sparked because some of the boys at her preschool told her that because she has a bob and wore a purple sparkly shirt it also has a Batman logo on it. Oh, that's really cute that she must be a boy and that the only way to be a girl is to wear pink. This, of course, disturbs me. Me too. And I've had plenty of discussions with her about how girls can wear whatever color they want and about how my favorite color is blue, but she insists on wearing mostly pink. I tell her that as long as she truly likes pink, it's just fine for her to wear it while also trying to model a more open gender identity. I think that's the thing that bothers me most about femphobia. It puts femininity in a box. I don't see a whole lot of difference between a little preschool boy telling my daughter she's not a girl enough because she wore a Batman shirt, and some blogger telling women they are not woman enough because they are wearing pink and sparkles. We are all women. We are mostly born that way. I don't need to show that I'm a woman by conforming to your narrow definition of good enough woman. When we get into a big argument about what being a woman means, we make it harder for women to be free to just be themselves, whatever that is. No matter what narrow definition you give to womanhood, some women are not going to fit into it. So stop trying to define it and just accept people for who they are. I agree. As long as your costume's
1: nice and warm. Yes. Um, This one is from Jocelyn. Also on our femphobia episode, Uh, she says that she encounters femphobia almost every time she gets to know someone new, especially a guy. So she says, "I'm 20 years old, studying finance, a traditionally male-dominated field at Arizona State. I'm sweet and outgoing. I have blonde hair and blue eyes. I love to shop. I love to bake, and I wear high heels and a skirt or dress almost every single day. On the surface, I look extremely feminine." Because of this, men in the finance industry and in my classes have treated me differently. When people find out that I am intelligent, graduating college a year and a half early, got a full-ride scholarship, have been working full-time for almost four years to completely support myself, have a fantasy football team or anything about me that is not ultra-feminine, like my outward appearance suggests I would be, people are shocked. The fact that people are surprised by these things in comparison to my outward appearance goes to show that femininity is related to weakness, vulnerability, and has nothing to do with strength, power, initiative, independence, and intelligence. Yes, it's true that women have almost equal rights now and that women for the most part are treated equally, technically speaking, but when it comes, when it really comes down to it, you can see that feminine women are still perceived as inferior by both men and non-feminine women. I don't understand this concept. I believe being a feminist and being a woman embracing her womanness can come in so many different forms. I just so happen to embrace my feminine appearance. I believe that regardless of your appearance, it is how you carry yourself and what you do that are ultimately the factors that decide whether or not you are a woman or a girl woman. So thank you, Jocelyn, and good luck graduating early. You go, girl. Scholarship, that's impressive.
4: And thanks to everybody who's written into Mom Stuff at discovery.com uh, You can find us on Facebook, where I totally encourage you to go post your Halloween costume pictures. And you can tweet us as well at Mom Stuff Podcast. And you can follow us on Tumblr stuff mom never told you. tumblr. dot com. And as if that is not enough, you can go learn all about Halloween traditions over at our website. It's HowStuffWorks. dot com.
5: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.